Justine. And we are the Murder Sisters. Oh, I don't know. I like this. Episode number 47. Yep, it is. Um, So we are- Like Chris and Joel. Just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we begged and begged you guys to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Nobody did. Not even one? Uh, no, a couple people. But, oh, yeah, we love so, you couple of people. Whatever. Um, whatever. We did get a lot of a lot more downloads though. So We did? Yeah. Oh nice. Continue to share us with two people. I think there's like an ad that's like popped into Yeah, we got we an ad. Know. We, we don't got know. an ad somewhere. We don't know what's going on. We're making cents on the dollar. I don't know. We'd love to hear what your cents thoughts on the dollar. Dollar on the I don't know, I don't know Lisa. All right. Delete. Um so today's episode is going to cover this strange and very gruesome death of a young woman by the name of Jalea Davis from Marietta, Ohio. 20-year-old Jalea Davis died on November 19th, 2011 after she had met up with some, um, there are like newer friends in the early evening hours of Friday, November 18th, um, so Jalea Davis was born on November 2nd, 1991 in Colorado Springs, Colorado to her mother, Kim Davis. Not much was or is known about Jalea's childhood, but we do know that at the time of her death, she was living in Marietta, Ohio with her mom, Kim, and her younger sister, Tabby, who was 18 months younger than Jalea. Oh, so very close. Yeah. Like Irish twins. I was going to say, I don't okay. know if this is PC, but. <laughs> I don't either. We're like, Irish, so I guess we can say it. I yeah, mean, like, like, we're Irish not twins. actually Irish. We have, like, a 0.05% no. Irish. Oh, okay. Elisa. No, I am sitting My here DNA saying. My DNA was tested. <laughs> I don't um, know about you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Um, All right, go. Okay. So the three were extremely close to each other and kept in touch constantly. And Jalea's family described her as being very sweet and protective of her younger sister, Tabby. At the time of Jalea's death, she was working at Hollister. I don't know if people remember that store. But she was working retail at Hollister. But she had dreams of becoming a cosmetologist and her sister Tabby said that she would have killed it. Yeah. Those were her exact words. She would have been killed really it. good at it. So in the late summer of 2011, Jalea had made a new friend by the name of Kristen Bechtold. Jalea and Kristen were still, like I said, new friends. So they didn't know each other super well. But on the night of November 18th, Jalea had taken Kristen up on her offer to hang out and party with her and some of Kristen's other friends that Jalea didn't know. So after leaving her house at about 3 to 4 p.m., Jalea headed in her car to Kristen's house and they got ready together there. And from there... They drove Jalea's car to one of Kristen's guy friend's houses in Parkersburg. Um, and he was having like a little, his name's Brian Sapp. And he was having like a little, I guess, house party kind like, of gathering. Oh, okay. So this is the party that she was invited to? The first stop, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So they arrived at Brian's house around 9.30 or 10. 
where they stayed for a couple of hours and did some shots of vodka before deciding to pick up Kristen's friend Katie Nelson at a local Hardee's. And they left with a guy named Freddie Scott. Freddie was driving. And then there was another friend named Jordan Campbell. So it was Freddie driving, Jordan passenger, Kristen passenger, uh, Jalea passenger, and then they were picking up Katie. After picking up Katie, the group stopped at the store where Freddie got out and purchased another bottle of vodka before returning back to Brian's house, where, according to Kristen, Jalea continued to drink. Kristen uh, said at that point she had stopped drinking, and then the friend that they picked up, Katie, was not drinking. And according to Kristen, she said she was trying to take shots away from Jalea Mm -hmm. because she knew that she was going to be, like, really drunk if she kept going at that pace. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But she said she was pretty unsuccessful at stopping her (laughs) from whatever. Um, And according to Kristen, Jalea had around 16 shots of vodka. 16? According (gasps) to her. Yeah. Just at Brian's house. And then. Just um, at the like pre-party party. Yes. Okay. And Jalea only weighed 125 pounds. Whoa. So 16 shots on. It it was probably like she she took them like before she actually felt like. Maybe like she just pounded them. Yeah. Where it's like she wasn't like pacing herself Mm -hmm. and like didn't realize how much. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, Lisa, you. you According to Kristen. (laughs) I'm not bored. Lisa. According to Kristen, Jalea didn't seem drunk, and she said that she didn't feel herself. Kristen said she took 14 to 15 shots herself oh my and God. didn't She's feel like, drunk. I wasn't drinking, or I so, stopped drinking. I don't, okay. I'm not, you know, know, whatever. Yeah. But between 12 and 1 a.m., Jalea, Kristen, Katie, and Freddie decided to head out to um, a bar slash pool hall called Nip and Q. And the group took Freddie's car and left Jalea's car at Brian's house. While they were at the bar with Kristen, Freddie, Katie, and Jalea, or while at the bar, sorry, um, they were all hanging out. And then at some point, Jalea started dancing with a man by the name of Chris Latimer, who happened to be Katie Nelson's ex-boyfriend. Oh. And according to Kristen, Katie was getting annoyed by the fact that they yeah. were like yeah, dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. and but she didn't like confrontation so she didn't address it with Julia or Chris at the time. Yeah. And Chris Latimer actually picked Katie up later that night and they spent the night together. So mm-hmm. even though they were broken up, there were still clearly like connected. Yeah, something going on between them. And- so I'm sure that Julia, you know, dancing, dancing with, with him. Yeah didn't go over where very well and it and it's like possibly, a new front a new yeah. brand new so it possibly yeah. like rubbed all the girls the wrong way but maybe Jalea like didn't even know about this. well so there's something else to note that like Chris and Jalea actually had known each other since ninth grade Okay. So it wasn't like they oh, were strangers. Like, oh, like you're cute. I'm going to do Yeah, they knew you. each other okay. for oh, okay. a few okay. years. Okay. Okay. Um, so there was history on both sides. Yeah. 
All right. At some point um, during the night at when they were at the nip and cue, Kristen said that she was trying to take Jalea's like wristlet purse thing from her because she was worried that she was going to lose it. Mm-hmm. But Jalea wouldn't give it to her. Uh, but in the same breath, she said that Jalea wasn't acting drunk or stumbling or falling or anything. So I'm like, what? if that was the case, why did she feel so strongly about trying to take her wristlet from her like she was going to lose it because yeah, she was exactly. drunk? Yeah, I was thinking you know? that. Like, why? What's in the purse that or she wants? She, you know, like... We've all been out with that drunk friend who like is going to lose all their stuff if because they're not paying attention, but they're wasted, you know? So, yeah, but she was saying like, oh, she wasn't that wasted, but I felt so, you know, compelled to take her things from her because she was going to lose it. That was like a red flag to a red flag. Yeah. Um, like why this girl, she like doesn't really know that well. And she's like, oh, I'm so concerned about your purse. Like, well, I mean, they were friends. They just hadn't been friends for very long. I don't know. But I I think, you know, I will say that I think Kristen was either too drunk herself to remember or recognize the fact that Jalea was extremely intoxicated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or she's trying to cover her butt because later in that night she would end up giving Jalea her car keys. So, Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. So if she admitted, so if she would have admitted that Jalea was stumbling drunk, losing her things, not, you know, I tried to aware of what was, I tried and she gave her her keys. Mm -hmm. Then she could have potentially been responsible for what happened. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, anyway, the group, Kristen, Katie, Freddie, and Julia left the nip and queue around 3 10 a.m. and headed back to Brian's house where they were sitting in Freddie's car and they were trying to figure out like what are we gonna do next? And while in Freddie's car, Julia Next <laughs> You know, like are we all is Freddie I mean, dropping ta- us off? Well, or? I'm thinking like the nip and queue is open that late, but I mean, I, I, I guess. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while in Freddie's car, Julia was looking around for her wristlet and was blaming Kristen <gasps> for not being able to find it. And this is what Kristen. States? This is according to. Yeah. The group. Yeah. So Julia eventually found it along with her keys. And despite the group thinking that they were all going to head home together, Julia made a phone call to her sister Tobby at 328 asking her for a ride. She first asked Tobby to pick her up at a nearby gas station. And during that first phone call, Tobby said that she could hear Kristen in the background and that Jalea was asking Kristen to give her her keys back. Okay. At 333 a.m., Jalea called Tobby back again and she said, Tobby said she was, Jalea was angry upset she was begging Tobby to pick her up at now a rest stop that was closer to their home and during this call Tobby asked Jalea like what is going on like why are you so upset yeah yeah and Jalea said that she would tell her when she got there uh but not before calling Kristen some choice words so (gasps) Tobby said that um Jalea was saying Kristen was a bad friend and you know, she was just going off about Kristen. 
So something obviously happened between the two girls. Yeah. Another important piece of information is the fact that during this call, Jalea had told Toby like that she was on the interstate at that point. So she was presumably driving while on that phone call. And the reason that is important is because when questioned by police later, Kristen said that she had heard the conversation about Jalea telling her sister later what about what was going on. Mm hmm. Which would mean that Kristen would have been in the car with her at that time. All right. Either way, Jalea was extremely worked up, um, you know, and she was really begging Tabby to come get her. Yeah. Just get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kristen said that at around 340 a.m., her, Freddie, and Katie left Jalea in front of Brian's house to go get McDonald's Mm -hmm. after making Jalea promise them not to drive. So this doesn't make sense yeah. either because supposedly Jalea was already on the interstate at that time. Okay. Kristen also said that at around 3.50, Tabby called her asking her where Jalea was because she couldn't find her. And oh, at that time, yeah. Kristen gave her directions to Brian's house. Mm-hmm. Which also doesn't make sense since Tabby had talked to Jalea about picking her up at that pull-off area. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it's just because everyone was so drunk, except for <laughs> yeah. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's like, what but is going n- none on? None of the times make sense. And while making the drive on I-77 to find Julia, Tommy and her friend, who ha- had she had had her friend come with her, mm-hmm. um, they, Tommy said they came around a curve and were confronted like with police cars mm-hmm. and there was barricades. And at that time, Tabby pulled her car over to see, like, what was going on. And a police officer approached her vehicle and said that there was the body of an African-American female wearing a white petticoat had been found on the highway. Just told this. uh, Yes. A pedestrian, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And based on that, like, small description, Tabby knew that was her sister, Julia, because she knew what she was wearing that night. She, but, I mean, she knew it was her. So I feel like, can I jump in? Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, police like hold back information sometimes before really like um, declaring whether a crime is like homicide or accident. Well, they weren't saying it wasn't homicide But like or saying like the white petty, I mean, to a just pedestrian, they're going to say, oh, it was an African-American. I mean, that's maybe, fine. But like the white here's the thing. thing yeah. Maybe she was like, hey, I'm looking for my sister. I'm supposed to meet my sister. I don't yeah. know. OK, that's just right. the information that. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have. So at that point, you know, obviously, Tabby knew it was her, her sister. Yeah. And made a phone call to her, their mom, Kim Davis, and kind of mm-hmm. let her know. So like. Everyone kind of made their way to the crime scene. Yeah. And that is where I will pass it off to you. Oh, thank you. It's, I feel like right from out the gate, this is such a confusing. It is. It's really confusing with times. And yeah. I think it's primarily the confusion comes from everyone being drunk. Yeah. So I hope that I laid that out kind of. I think you did a really coherently or great job. You did. You did. You did. Um, all right. So I'll take it from here. 
a call from jumping in, right? Like, yes. this is just pay attention. Pay attention, folks. There's a- not a lot of fluff in this episode. <laughs> a call from a truck driver had been made to 911 at 3.41 a.m. If you're like an armchair detective, definitely write down all the time mm-hmm. times that we're mentioning um, to help kind of like figure it out. And on that call, the caller described a car being up against the guardrail and said, quote, all I know, it's a car. He had his lights on. He's right by the car. He's up against the guardrail. So there's something going on over there. But I couldn't see anybody standing around. So, you know, the car or the people, I couldn't see. But the lights on in the car. So something's going on over there. End quote. When the operator asked for the caller's name, the caller hung up. At 3.48 a.m., a second call, so that was seven minutes later, a second call came to 911 from a man who was driving in his truck with his son. And, like, why are you driving with your son? Anyway, 3.48 a.m. <laughs> we don't know this. Who knows? Um, Maybe and- they, he had to go to work and there he was dropping the kid off. At, I don't yeah, know. we don't know this. Yeah. Um, I can make up a backstory. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, can you fill this hole for me? In my, <laughs> um, and had pulled over to check to see if what he thought he was seeing was actually real. He thought he had seen a dead body and had pulled over and was walking towards the body to check. I mean, I think that's natural to like, I think, I think it's natural to like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's dead or whatever. And confirmed that it was, in fact, a deceased person who he thought was a male. The operator asked if he wanted to check for signs of life. And the caller told the operator that the body was in pieces and that the person's head was missing from the body. He informed the operator that he was sure that this was a crime scene. Mm-hmm. And that he was going to stop traffic until police arrived to preserve the crime scene, which I, I'm thinking, like, who would think of that? I guess in that moment, uh, yeah. I guess based off of like everything he was seeing, but it, he stop- was like, "This is a this needs to be preserved." How did he think to be that, preserved? Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe as a father, or I don't know. Just who as knows? a person, who knows? as who knows? a person, um, must have struck him in a. A way to where he was like, this needs to be preserved. Like, I need to stop because this looks crazy. Like, we don't need other cars or people or. Yeah. That's smart. That's super, like, intuitive. So, anyway, uh, the third and final 911 call came in at 3.52. So, the second one was 3.48. This one, third, was 3.52 a.m. And the caller reported that it looked like someone hit a deer on northbound I-777 just before mile marker 182. And then there were people directing traffic. So the guy that called. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But there weren't any officers on the scene yet. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that would make sense. Like officers wouldn't arrive that quickly. Now I'm going to go over... The gruesome details of the way in which Jalea was found on the highway. 
as well as the condition of her vehicle. So when Jalea was found on the highway, she was completely naked from the waist up. Her right breast was ripped from her body and one of her legs was completely broken in half. And to make things worse, Jalea had also been decapitated, as was mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Her bra, shirt, and white petticoat were found hanging from a post on the guardrail in that order. So, bra, shirt, petticoat. Mm-hmm. Which I think is one of the strangest things about this. Yeah. You can't hang something. Mm-mm. No. I mean, and that's- everyone said nobody admitted to touching any of that stuff. So like the guy that showed up that I mean, why would traffic he? Like, said why he would did he? not touch anything. So keep, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Just like it's hung. <laughs> like, and it just gets weirder. Sorry. Um, so Jalea's 2006 silver Kia Optima was found about three tenths of a mile away from her clothing items. And it was idling pressed up against the guardrail on the passenger side. The keys were in the ignition and the doors were locked. There was clearly damage to the right side of her vehicle consistent with hitting the guardrail. Although the damage didn't line up perfectly with the height of the guardrail, which is odd. And the rest of the damage doesn't make sense to me either. So her driver's side airbag had deployed. There was spidering. From an impact to the top of the windshield on the passenger side, the passenger side window was broken. There was blood smeared on the outside roof of the car. On the back windshield and blood smearing, dripping, and pooling on the top of the trunk of her vehicle that dripped down to the fender. So... Yeah, if that makes sense. I know, it's like... So, okay. Just to interrupt you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put her, the Justice for Jalea Facebook page information in with our sources. It was later determined that after Jalea had died, the trailer of a truck had ran her over. So some of the damage to her body came from that, which would also explain why Jalea's blood body parts were spread out over two lanes on the interstate as well as on the side where the guardrail was located. So, like, some of it is explained away. Now, let's talk about the autopsy and police explanation from the Woods County Sheriff's Department who investigated her accident. In March of 2013, so, like, a year and a half after her death, the police released Jalea's cause and manner of death According to the autopsy and the investigation, they stated that Jalea had died from, quote, multiple catastrophic injuries sustained as an unrestrained driver of a car that lost control and struck a guardrail on Interstate 77. Alcohol intoxication was also a factor, end quote. There were no drugs found in her system. Her blood alcohol alcohol level was at a 0.19 which is double the legal limit for driving. And when um, you factor in that she wasn't even 21. Yeah. I Googled and in Ohio, the legal limit for someone under 21 is 0.02. So she was like 
way over. over. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The explanation that the police gave for the damage to Jalea's vehicle and body were that while driving at highway speeds without her seatbelt on and heavily intoxicated, Jalea struck the guardrail on her right passenger side, making an initial impact on the right headlight. After that, after that initial impact, she was then like thrown across her vehicle, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> hitting her head on the passenger side windshield and was then ejected from her right front passenger window at the exact moment that her airbag deployed. So while being thrown out of the front passenger window, Jalea hit her head on two guardrail posts, was then thrown out of the window onto the roof of her vehicle where she rolled down and landed on the road. Like trying to explain away. Yeah. Crazy. Kind of ridiculous. I mean, not kind of it's ridiculous. It's like, that's it doesn't that's even a make movie. sense that's like a fake that's what a lot of people said it was like a it's almost comical yeah yeah even though it's not it's upset yeah that's a thing it's like ugh. i mean like picture that in your head it's yeah like, just like boom boom yeah that nope kim davis julia's mom said quote at that exact moment her passenger door window had shattered her body then took a slight right and that that And at that exact moment, she went out of the window of the door, hit two posts, and flipped backwards over her car. Yes, that's right. They want us to believe my daughter is a human boomerang. Yeah. End quote. That's exact. Or like a just doll or rag doll or. I think it would be more feasible for her if okay if she did fly out the window the passenger side window as the window was shattering she would have gone over the guardrail down that embankment yeah that's exactly she would have been ejected like not like sucked out (laughs) onto the roof of her car and not to make it funny or no no it's it's not funny ridiculous it's it's crazy it's like how can they actually say this and they took it took them a year to come to this conclusion. All right. I'm like, well, how many reenactments did you do? I was to make that, that happen. Yep. None. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. If you check out the Justice for Jalea Facebook page, you can see all the photos that yeah. Jalea's grandfather had taken immediately following the je- death of Jalea. He like that was crazy. Smartest smart. thing he could have ever done. Um, we could see the, how the car was found, the condition of the guardrail, which looks actually like untouched. Nothing ha- yeah. It looked like nothing and happened how, to it. And the weird clothing, like how it's hung, which yeah. is like, I can't wrap my head around like the clothing being, ugh. there's a lot of things. Weird, 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 weird. With this. Something else to know is that her clothes were, like, not damaged, but her bra was ripped at the armpit area on one side. Mm-hmm. And one of her earrings was also found 18 feet before the impact site where her head hit the guardrail. Explain yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. How does that... Which the grandpa found the earring. Yeah. Not the police. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's so hard to say like what damage was done to Jalea at the time of the accident versus what damage was done when she was like run over after her death by the trailer any way you cut it the police explanation doesn't make sense no it doesn't it's not physically it's physically impossible for a body to do that the evidence just like doesn't line up I think it it, yeah it's just like it's like it does too many way too many questions um so other theories in this case Mm mm-hmm Julia's family and a lot of people in the town of Marietta, Ohio, believe that there is much more to this story and that Julia was not involved in a single car accident that flung her out her window and over her car. Kim Davis is very vocal about the fact that she mm-hmm. thinks Kristen in particular was has something to do with the death of her daughter. Or at least like knows something. Yeah, yeah, knows something. That's, I think, a good way to put it is like um not not maybe like being involved but knowing knowing yeah you know like there's definitely answers to what happened that aren't yeah. being provided yeah if that makes sense Kristen did immediately I think like 12 hours after the death of Julia um she lawyered up so this could be to protect herself because she was the one that gave the keys back to Jalea, knowing that she was drunk. But um, there's also the fact that Kristen heard the conversation between Toby and Jalea, where Jalea said that she would explain what happened when she came to pick her up, like when Toby came to pick Jalea up, which would mean that Kristen was in the car with Jalea since she was on the interstate during that call. Also, remember, Elisa said that in Kristen's statement to police, she said that they left Jalea in front of Brian's house at 3.40 a.m. Yeah, so this is where all the time stuff comes Yeah, in. the time, like, write it down. It's like drunk people, I yeah. guess. Chalk <laughs> or, it up to... I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, but there should be records. A 911 call regarding Jalea's car being up against... Um, a guardrail and being in an accident came in at 3.41 a.m. So how is it? Tell me this, Elisa. Riddle me this. <laughs> how is it possible that this accident happened within a minute of Kristen leaving Julia in front of Brian's house? Exactly. I think that Kristen has her times wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think mean, we for all. starters. Or she really did leave Jalea at 3.40 a.m., but not at Brian's house. Okay. And, um, but also on the side of the interstate. Okay. So, like, she was in the car with Jalea and bailed. Yes. After what happened. Yes, yes. Okay. And maybe she was driving. That's why. And, yeah, maybe Jalea was uh, unrestrained passenger yes and that's why she hit the head on the passenger side that's why the impact to the window was on the passenger side and why Jalea went out the passenger side and hit her head because she was a passenger well is that what you're saying not quite okay 
So <laughs> I feel very passionately about like this is such an odd case. There was a surveillance footage of Freddie driving through a McDonald's drive-thru around like 3.28 a.m. to 3.32 a.m. Okay. It appears as though passengers are with him, but there's like no way to identify them or determine how many passengers, which is like... What time? Sorry. (laughs) 3.28 uh, between 3.28 to 3.32. Okay, but Kristen said they left her in front of Brian's, Brian's house at 3.40. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. the fastest food. So, yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, they don't know how, like, who was there, how many. Um, so, that would okay. also, that wouldn't line up with Kristen's yeah. timeline. Yeah. Of her, Katie, Freddie, leaving Jalea at 3.40. Okay, yeah. Because remember that Jalea had made the second call to Toby at 3.33 a.m. when she was supposedly driving on the interstate already. Yeah, see, none of these times. I Yeah, I feel like, like everyone was way too drunk to I, know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's hard. But you do have, I don't know. All right. The police, like, obviously should have checked everyone's phones well, to yeah. confirm. I mean, it's very like, basic that's easy. police work. That's easy to do. Just like. Very basic. It's not even easy. It's it's like. Number one. Police check their, 101. Yeah. yeah. God. Because, like, back in the day, they didn't have it's not cell even phones. That, it's not even back in the well, day. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm oh. saying, like, well, back, back in, the, in 2011. No, 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 no. Far. I'm saying, like, back in the day, like, you know, they didn't have this, um, this data and, like, accessibility to, like, see exactly well, when things happen. And they do now. And it's like, why do you not check well, this? Even at, like, the most basic level, like, yeah, it's. Even if it is an accident, freak accident, single person, freak accident, tragic, whatever. Yeah. Aren't you still going to want to corroborate all of these timelines? Well, of course. Yeah. And you do that through cell phone records. Aren't you supposed to like assume it's a homicide until you can prove otherwise? Like you don't just say like, we trust these teenage or you know, not teenage, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're teenage. Teenagers. I'm like, yes, they are. They are. They they're weren't drink- even old enough to drink. They're drinking teenagers. Like, uh, yeah, it's there has to be I a don't reason. Get it? Um, the biggest problem here is that the police like didn't look at any phones, didn't request surveillance footage, like Ugh. McDonald's, Nip and Q. Until 30 days later, when the video had been taped over, of, of course. course. Of As course it is. Oh, yeah. I think we're supposed to like look at. Should we do a day 31? I don't let's, know. Let's yeah. do that. Day 31. <laughs> I think they record over it 30 days. Yeah. No, yeah. Let's check let's 30, on accident days. on quote unquote accident. And they didn't investigate this as a crime at all. D- despite there being so many things that didn't add up, including the 911 caller saying, I could tell this is a crime scene. Yeah. Preserve. I'm preserving I'm it. the crime scene because it was so like off. Like when you see it, it's like this is not right. 
Um, did that have something to do with the fact that Kristen and Freddie had family connections with the police department? That's what I heard. Yeah. Very close. A lot of them had, I don't know if everybody in that group of friends had either current or previously, um, had family members that were in law yeah, enforcement yeah, yeah. Okay. in that area. Mm-hmm. All of them were very connected to, yeah, police. Yeah. Well, so. So let's talk about theories regarding what could have happened to Jalea. So people think that someone could have possibly been driving Jalea's car and that someone was too drunk to drive this the two started to fight with each other, causing the driver to swerve and hit the guardrail and send Jalea into the windshield and out the passenger door where she struck her head and flew mm-hmm. out of the car or that someone was driving Jalea's car. They fought. Jalea got out of the car to walk and someone accidentally struck Jalea with a car, sending her over the car which would explain the blood on the hood of the mm-hmm. car and the trunk area. And also that impact spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The initial impact, I think they called it, like on yeah. the passenger side of the, like. And know. no impact on the guardrail that's like so supposed to be like such a. Well, and the impact on the side of the car doesn't line up with the yeah, guardrail. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. all just bizarre. Um, so if this is the case, then someone would have panicked, not wanting to get in trouble for driving drunk and, and having someone pick them up. And, um, the second one doesn't really make sense to me because there was brain matter found on two guardrail posts. So there was like, there was debris, not debris, but like, you know, um, there was signs that she, her head hit the guard, hit the two guardrails yeah but not the car so yeah let's look at the weird pieces of evidence here there's a timeline that (laughs) that doesn't line up I mean like we can all agree on that the strange way that her clothes were found I mean like the clothes thing to me doesn't happen when you're in an accident like your clothes don't like neatly hang and um the explanation of her flying out the passenger window after hitting her head on the windshield on the passenger side and spinning on the roof of her car. Also, something that I actually forgot to mention is that Jalea had personal belongings inside of her car that were completely undisturbed. Yeah, I saw pic. You can again see pictures. <laughs> so Jalea was page. violently thrown out of her car. But her stuff in her back seat didn't even move at all. Like she herself, who weighs more than her bag, is like tossed Flung around. And yeah, here and, and here, slammed and S- slammed, and then bounces on top of this. There was also like no blood or fibers of any kind found on the passenger window area. So she was hanging out of the car getting her head slammed against a guardrail and she's ripped from that window, thrown on the car, spins and lands on the interstate and no blood got 
on the passenger side of the car. It's weird. Uh, I, I yeah, like, it is. It, well, it's not weird. It's bizarre. <laughs> not bizarre. It's like uh, suspicious. Yeah, that, you know. Um, the car would not keep going with no driver. Yes. At highway speeds. Yeah. There is momentum that needs to, you know, be yeah. factored in. But her body and her vehicle were found so far away from each other that it's hard to believe that the car traveled that far without with anyone no accelerating on the gas. Yeah. yeah. Or steering. It's, uh, yeah, doesn't make sense. There was also there there was a podcast series done mm-hmm. on this case that I was wondering if you're gonna bring this yeah up. so I'm like um okay so there's a podcast done on this case which I do want to mention because mm-hmm. you know it has this big I think it's very relevant presence yeah. in this case um Emily Nestor had a podcast series called mile marker 181 where she outlined the case of Jalea Davis and the possibility that there could have been a police cover-up due Mm. to the fact that the friends, quote-unquote, like, friends of Jalea all had family that was currently or previously in law enforcement. There was later a huge falling out between Kim Davis, so Kim Davis is Jalea's mom, Mm -hmm. And Emily Nestor, which was brought to the attention of the public after Emily Nestor posted the following. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Here, I'm going to say, quote, Jalea Davis is not a martyr. Jalea Davis is not an example of police misconduct or cover up or brutality or literally anything except what happens when you drive intoxicated. That's the lesson. Not cops protect their own. The lesson is, this is what will happen if you make the choice to drive a motor vehicle at a high rate of speed while highly intoxicated and you crash. It's not a police cover-up. It's physics. And physics is all caps. Okay. It's not that there's something more sinister going on behind the scenes. It's that people sympathize with a grieving, crying mom to a fault. I sure did. And it won't be the last time. Stop letting Kim Davis play you for an idiot. I did that grunt work for you. Dot, dot, dot. End quote. (laughs) Like... And she, <laughs> I know, she did this whole podcast. I mean, it was a whole series. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I tried to go back and listen to the series, and it was not, I tried yeah. on so many different platforms. Yeah. And it was pulled. I mean, like, what do you think happened? I think the police, <laughs> what do you think happened? I think, no, tell me. Well, it, I mean, in terms of this whole Emily Nestor thing with Kim Davis, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think I think it's okay to be. You don't think she was paid off, like no, here? I don't know, but I think it's okay to start initially because she was such a supporter of Kim Davis and the fact that something sinister happened, 
and that it wasn't being investigated. And to take that approach and to completely change and call her out, call Kim yeah, Davis out publicly. publicly in such a rude yeah. and like childish way yeah. is something, I mean, something happened. I feel like she, I, but I know a lot of people and I was, that's why I was hoping you brought that up Yeah, is because Emily Nestor was People really liked her and they liked her podcast. And that then she when was she like, did have, that, yeah, of course, people were like, you're, you know, she took a big hit. You know, I do think like maybe the police didn't treat this as a crime from the beginning. And so they were forced to have to like prove that it was a drunk driving accident, a yeah. single person. And it could have simply been that. Mm hmm. And that if they would have collected phone records and all of that, it would have proven something different. But they didn't. Or it would have questioned their timeline or, you know, like, I don't know. I just think maybe that could have been the case. It could have been something very simple as mm -hmm. they didn't treat it as a crime from the beginning. So then they were screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they had to make it a single person drunk driving accident. Yeah. Which as police, you would want to know like the answer, I would think the truth. Unless you messed things up from the beginning. But that's what like, I mean. Like from the beginning <laughs> you get there and it's like, I, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh my cop instinct tells me. And I think is, also ugh. like the fact that the trailer thing ran her over after the fact did not help because that really not. yeah but when you look at the things that you that Can, didn't change yeah like her clothes being yes yes yeah whatever yeah hey. yeah those things mm -hmm. like testing the clothes for dna not even that it's like why are they why well, is it her bra shirt well coat? i know that but also like obviously someone yeah, placed them there something. yeah Testing, just like um, ruling people out for anything. Or like testing all the blood that was on the yeah. car. Was it hers alone? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So I did watch <laughs> the um, Emily Nestor, her discussion um, on the Jalea case on mm -hmm. an episode of Still a Mystery on ID. Yeah. 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 I'll include that in the episode info and in our source notes. And that's it. Like, not that's it. There's nothing. And I think in that episode, she was still a supporter of the family. Yeah. So you can actually see her yes. face yeah. talking about it. Yep. Because you can't. <laughs> no, because you can't listen to any of her podcast series because yeah. it's not available anymore. It got pulled. Like, either by happened? her or something. I don't I know. Don't, I feel like she was. But you like can threaten in some talking way. About it she was definitely episode. like pushed in I some don't way. Think she was. I don't know. Alisa. I. I don't think threatened. My God. Not threatened. Like, nobody would but do like, that, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, You've I don't been know. doing this long enough to know. Yeah. But she did it in such a way where everyone hates her now. So like, well, it's better than like jail time for um, interfering with. No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. There's got to be something. There has to Either be Either that or she's just a doo-doo head. Asshole. Doo-doo head. And I'm all, 
and hanging out with you're kids a mom too long. yeah you're a mom a dude she's just a stinking doo-doo <laughs> head Boo-boo-ca-ca. all right well um okay. this is yep still unsolved check out the pictures on the facebook page and we'll um list like contacts if you know of any no we don't know any. <sighs> okay i because why are you gonna report stuff to the police department that that doesn't give a yeah. shit because i think FBI. this case is closed to them it's not an open case um follow us on insta <laughs> at murder sisters pod and share our podcast with two people they could be strangers if you just you know just are on the bus or whatever just be like hey it. have you heard of this podcast just do it you guys and we apologize if you're listening to our latest episodes and there's some random ad oh <laughs> yeah. like, we, we talked about that yeah at the we beginning. signed up for this yeah something i mean I, getting monetization i mean I we got whatever. 10 cents <laughs> whatever don't call us out <laughs> um but it just added it just Put the ad in our up. We don't know where they were like. It's, it. It, yeah. We'll find a spot. Yeah, yeah. Let us so. know. And also, if you have any um, ideas on like cases we should cover, anything you would like to hear us mm-hmm. cover, please reach out at murder sisters pod at gmail.com. That is murder sisters pod at gmail.com. Thank you, Elisa. All right. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you.